this special video episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want on Dating Kinky's YouTube channel is presented by Dating Kinky. It's built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John, or as he is known around the kink and fetish community, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the program, a special video edition, where today we're going to get to meet the one, the only, Michael Pierre of Mr. Pierre's Fashions. Now, Michael and his team have been making amazing outfits for, as they call, porn stars and kinky people, and that's because you're not allowed to say porn and kinky on TikTok, and TikTok is the place where he has become an absolute star. If you have an opportunity to follow Mr. Pierre on TikTok, please do. It is an absolute treat. Mr. Pierre and his team are going to be making some special outfits for me for FetishCon this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I wanted to give him an opportunity to tell you a little bit about himself. So without further ado, here is Mr. Pierre, Michael Pierre, on what women and other wonderful humans want. First time you ever put on a piece of your own design and what you thought of it. Oh, okay. So that is actually um, a long zipper short. Um, I I used to work for my mother's kinky clothing company. And we were testing out at that time, the first inceptions of the two slider crotch zipper in a cat suit. So uh, it's it basically it starts here, goes all the way through the uh, the bits, mm-hmm. and then up to the top of your ass. Uh, why did I say bits and then say ass? I, I'm I'm still adapting, but it's uncensored life. <laughs> I'm so TikTok. Okay, so uh, and we were we were testing out you know what the front torso lengths were. The front torso is a, a very uh, complex measurement full body catsuits because it's a non stretch point. It's a zipper point. So that, that, that measurement has to be nailed. And so she was uh, testing out metrics with our pattern maker, DC, at the time. And she wanted to get the extra large male metric down. So they made a catsuit for me. And this is the first time I wore a full body catsuit. I went to go put it on. I'm in her bathroom. And I go to zip the thing up. And then I go to stand up. Yeah, that measurement was a bit shallow. Mm-hmm. So the zipper uh, gripped into the head of my penis and held on for dear life. And so I was hunched over like, I am not, I am not straightening up. No, no, no. And I just, I just yelled, mom, get Tom. (laughs) And Tom at the time was one of our uh, fabricators and pattern makers. And uh, we actually uh, got, uh, she actually got Tom out of the uh, Florida prison system where he learned sewing. So Tom comes in and like sees me hunched over as like, 
Okay, we're going to get you out of that one. Okay. And uh, yeah, so Tom has to get at the zipper through the back. So he zipped it down the back and had to see all the way to Alaska. He earned his hazard pay that day. And then when we couldn't like pry it off of me, he physically had to cut the cat suit off around me to avoid cutting my penis. Wow. So yeah. And that is when we actually learned to install the crotch guard, a two inch piece of fabric over the labia or scrotum in every two slider crotch zipper garment to avoid such mishaps. That's the first time I ever wore a garment from a company that I ran or worked for. I uh, actually have that little crotch uh, guard on I bet this you do, particular no. cat suit. Yes. I bet you do. Yes, I do. And it's from early founders like me. <laughs> the things I've done for you all. First time you ever realized you wanted to be in this business. Um, I was working as a shipping clerk for my mother's company. And she, at that time, I was, I was going through a divorce from uh, my, my first wife. And uh, she, my mother told me one day when I was just sad sacking around the workshop, she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get those shipped out. It's okay. And she told me, okay, look, we, we need, we need some more models. Um, uh, Sophie, who, who does some modeling for us, she's hosting a burlesque show down on iDrive. I want you to go see this show and see if there are like, you know, any models that would look good in our stuff. And here, 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 just, we, we get out, we, we go, you just go have some damn fun. Like, Okay, I guess I will. And then once everybody in the room figured out that I was what they referred to as the panty man, uh, yeah, and everybody started fawning all over me just on reputation and the possibility of free sparkly booty shorts alone, I kind of had the feeling that I was in the right line of work for my ego and audacity. And uh, yeah, I, I, just, I don't think I've ever looked back since 2010. <laughs> All I was thinking is, who can make the sun rise? The panty man can. Oh, I'm sorry. I told you I had an improv background. You're not, you're not, the, fir you're not the first in 13 years to sing the panty man to me. I want you to know, but you're, you might be the best. Well, thank you. I try. So I have to ask, and I'm going to interrupt the first five, which I very rarely do. Right. Who is your mom? You know... I can almost see the text message now if I answered your question. Well, in a way that we could understand, like the name of the company or something like that. And that's exactly what I was saying, because my mother is a cutthroat entrepreneur and we are now respectful competitors. And uh, yeah, if, if I said the name of her company, my mother would text me for the first time in almost two years and say, I taught you better than to give free advertisement to your competitors. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mother is unique. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> first time you realized, because I don't think you're a corn star, but first time you realized you were a quinky. First time I realized I was quinky. Uh, what I like to refer to as my uh, uh, tutorial wife, my first wife, I, I married the first girl I ever slept with. It was, I was a late bloomer and I thought this was love. And so, yeah, but 
she had had a lot more experience than I did. And she uh, was my first experience with like, oh, this is a bisexual person. Oh, okay. So what's that going to mean for us? And and then, you know, all of a sudden, one of her friends showed up one night. And then, as they say, one thing leads to another. And then I'm I'm standing in the corner watching two women have sex for the first time. And I'm like, oh, that's how you do that. Okay. And then the things involving that started to get a, along the line of the edge of kink. And they started wanting instruction on what to do. And at that point, oh, hello, power. I like this feeling. I have never had this feeling before. And at that point, yeah, I realized that, wow, there is, there is a charge in dominance. Like, okay, these are brain chemicals that I'm not used to normally manufacturing. Yay, more, please. And yeah, it was those times. And then we started, uh, you know, experimenting with impact play and started experimenting with bondage. And uh, yeah, that's kind of when the realization hit when I was a very young first husband to a first wife. Do you remember your first TikTok? My first TikTok was actually, uh, it was stolen from my personal profile. My business partner, Randall, uh, who is, he's, uh, he's, he's, I like to say that, you know, he's the books, I'm the looks, which is ironic because he's much better looking than me. And he has a background in marketing. And I I, I like to talk shit on social media. I, I have like a, a background in a little bit of like spoken word and performance and writing and a little bit of radio DJ and stand up comedy in there because I get bored and I go do things. Um, uh, actually, no, I, I had stage fright because I have crippling anxiety at like 15 years ago when I had stage fright. Uh, a buddy of mine told me, hey, why don't you try getting up on stage and just see how it goes? And I, I'm defiant and I hate being afraid of things. So yeah, I got involved in local spoken word scene. So I like to write stuff and be a jackass on the internet. And Randall uh, said, well, you know, you're, you're every time you post something on your personal social media and don't post something for the company that could be valuable, I'm going to get up your ass. And like, okay, that's, that's fair. You're welcome to do so. Uh, not in the context that kink podcasts are used to. There has been no no insertion of things in my ass. Well, I, I'm pretty sure when I piss him off, he, he'd like to throw something there, but we don't know. <laughs> um, so I I had this uh, this one video where it was uh, uh, my first stitch, and it was stitch this with a ridiculous piece of furniture that you bought with your own money because you're an adult and you could spend your own money. And I just kind of panned over to me sitting in front of my Sibian and clicking it on silently <laughs> and i had that riding on my personal profile and uh uh yeah and randall told me okay you're gonna start doing this tiktok thing tired of you fucking around your stuff's funny start now i was like well i just don't know what to say about clothing and garments i don't care what you say about garments just go be you you're already you know you're giving away the jackass for free like oh okay and so we just took that over and put it as our first official company tiktok and yeah that is all vibrated from there <laughs> first time you ever received a message from one of your customers saying this was perfect uh i've received so many that they're kind of lost in my my memories but I remember the first one that really stuck with me. Uh, it was probably the, the 16th or 20th in my fucking career. But uh, yeah, this this 
one person came back and ordered some leggings and they submitted custom measurements because we do custom make everything. We don't keep things in stock. We just keep fabrics in stock. And so their measurements looked a little anomalous, like not right. Mm -hmm. And you, you get to, after like a couple of years, you become kind of a statistical reliability expert on human dimensions. And so we sent them out and uh, like a week and a half later, the customer said, hey, these look and feel great, but however, they don't fit quite like I need them to fit. Uh, I, I'd be happy to pay for a remake and submit some new measurements maybe. And I'm like, oh yeah, I figured this would happen. Those measurements look all weird. So they sent in new measurements, huh? Even weirder measurements. And it's completely like off the beaten line, off the standard. And they were so devout. And it's like, yeah, okay, those are your measurements, fine. You're gonna pay for another damn remake. That's fine, go ahead, ship them out, whatever. And so I remember about two weeks later, I was having a miserable day, just horrendous. My fabric vendors were pissing us off. My mother was pissing off the staff and, uh, and shit runs to the middle when you're a middle manager. And everything was just, ugh. And I'm sitting outside smoking a cigarette back when I used to chain smoke. And I get the notification of this email and it's that customer. And they said they love the leggings. They fit great. Thank you so much for working with me. I was trying to figure out my measurements. And then they attached an image and I figured out why the measurements weren't right. The customer was in a wheelchair. Wow. They had some sort of muscular dystrophy, uh, something that affected just very rail thin, non-muscular legs. And that explained everything, like all the buttons started to click. And then that customer explained that spandex vinyl was perfect for them because they don't have a lot of circulation in their legs and their legs get cold very easily. And they recently uh, started getting into suspension play because they said, you know, with uh, like the particular play space or dungeon, they get, you know, winched up and elevated around and and they, they said they feel almost airborne. And I remember that to this day when I was having a horrible day and no matter how kinky or crazy or creative this job has always been, I will always remember that something that we made made someone who couldn't walk feel like they could fly. And I, I'll never forget that person. And whenever the day runs me down, I remember that people like that are the reason I do this. Absolutely phenomenal story. And that's why we do things. We realize that we can make a positive difference in somebody's life. That's yep. pretty darn good. When we return, we are going to talk playtime and daytime with Michael Pierre of MrPierre.com when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. Welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, Nookie. Happy to be joined on a video version of the podcast by Michael Pierre of MrPierre.com. Do you remember the first thing you ever designed for somebody else? 
I ever designed for someone else. I have had many contributions to the design flow in my career. Bear in mind, I, I, am, I am what my, some of my clients are referred to and some of my staff refer to as an administrator. I, uh, <laughs> I've been an administrator in this business and I, don't get me wrong, I can, I, can, I can surge a mean straight line. I can nail my curve on a cover stitch. Uh, I can even uh, you know, adjust an inseam, an ankle to here or two there, but I am by no means a designer. Um, the first thing I ever recall uh, like having an active hand in designing. Well, when you say active hand in both these contexts, it gets pretty strange. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, the first thing I actually had a hand in designing was our crotchless leggings. Uh, at that time, we were trying to, uh, and I'm sure we'll come upon mother's uh, tale at another time, but yeah, I was working for my mother's kinky clothing company and we were trying to get our kinkier versions of designs through fabrication. And at the time, we had a very complicated fabricator. His name was Max. Max was from Bolivia. Max was the most masterful sewer I have ever seen in my life until my sewer, Elena. I got the good one. Uh, but Max was uh, in his early 60s, incredibly grumpy, but masterful. We lucked out. But over time, Max knew that we worked in specialized labor. And there was no one else who could do what he could do. And so he got away with murder. And over time, Max started to make insistencies like, I'm, I'm not making swimmer. No, you hire somebody to make swimmer. I don't like it. It's like, oh, okay, damn. All right. A, a diva. And he, also, he also said, I'm not doing prototypes. I don't do prototypes. No, <laughs> customers only. No, you, you, no, no, hire someone. So at that point, in order to get the Mr. Pierre line launched, we needed prototypes. So we faked customer work orders to put them in his assembly flow and one thing that we wanted to do was uh crotchless leggings we had done crotch zipper leggings at that point but i knew that the turn in around the crotch section uh it, upon assembly you can just omit that and then you have you know this very discreet opening for the ass and the crotch and that was actually the first thing that we uh you know had sell big so yeah, just by knowing the basic mechanics of a garment and how a garment could not be complete, I designed crotchless leggings and just basically did not even a sketch. Just a, what if we did this and then cover stitched it? Would that work? Yeah. <laughs> and it's our and I other than crotch zipper leggings and now the secret wrist cuff, it's our bestseller. When did all of this come together for you? When did you know you had the right crew to be able to get as big as you are and keep moving forward? I, uh, I, I think I'm still realizing that. <laughs> um, um, you know, I, I knew that I had the right people when the right people showed up for me when no one else would. Uh, yeah. The, the, the summary on that is, you know, uh, my job with my mother's company, my mother was a lone wolf entrepreneur. She had been in businesses for 40 years at that point. And I needed a job. And my mother had this endeavor. Well, I guess, I guess, long story short, I, I guess I have to tell you about mother's company before I answer that question. Uh, as long as you get a text message going, Michael. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, no, uh, she's, she's, she's just as egotistical as I am. She'll love hearing her own story if she ever <laughs> wanders upon this podcast. Um, yeah, so my mother uh, 
what, back in the 19, uh, mid to late 60s, I'll, I'll give her her dignity of age there. Uh, she was a teenage runaway. She was about 13, 14 years old. And she was squatting in a house with her friend. And uh, that house had a sewing machine. And she knew a little bit of rudimentary sewing. And so what she used to do was uh, go steal fabric scraps out of the dumpsters of the local clothing stores. And there's not a lot of fabric to a scrap like that. So what she would do is she would go back to that sewing machine and she would make string bikinis, very small string bikinis. And then here in Central Florida at that time, she would take them down to a place a lot of Central Floridians listening to this will be familiar with, Orange Blossom Trail. Orange okay. Blossom Trail is where the spicy gymnasts work. That's where all the strip clubs are. And, and <laughs> spicy gymnasts. Spicy gymnasts. That's, what, that's, that's TikTok speak right there. We can't say stripper. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so my mother would go down to the spicy gymnasium. And uh, uh, it's, this was before any adult clothing stores were like allowed, let alone out in public. And so all these dancers couldn't find risque clothing. So a 13, 14 year old kid, she'd walk into these strip clubs with a fistful of stream bikinis and walk out with a fistful of cash. Mm -hmm. She ran the game. So and she promptly went and spent that money on concert tickets and drugs and became a groupie and, you know, got into trouble and then got out of trouble and settled down, uh, had a few businesses, had a couple of kids. But at this point in 2010, uh, well, back in 2008, she started coding websites from what like we're, we're talking like late, you know, but early adopter of e-commerce. And so she got into adult toy drop shipping and then eventually adult clothing drop shipping. And then the people who were making the like full body cat suits for her started taking too long to fulfill her customers. So she leveraged a bunch of credit cards and got some sewing machines and hired some people off Craigslist and started her own kinky clothing manufacturing. Um, and about a year and a half later, I needed a job. And this was the first time she had ever worked with, what are those, what are those things? Um, people. Um, <laughs> This is my favorite story to tell. And uh, and so there I am uh, in need of a job. And I happen to speak both mother and people. So I became production manager overnight. And uh, uh, yeah. And my job after a while was to be the one who takes shit. So the staff, the irreplaceable specialized labor staff doesn't have to take shit and run away. Mm -hmm. And whenever I couldn't insulate the staff's frustrations from mother, it was my job to be the bad guy and fire whoever offended her with reason and reality. So, yeah, they started calling me the hatchet man. Uh, the joke was like, oh, you don't want to get that phone call from Michael. You know what that means? So mm -hmm. after a while, we got uh, a really good team. Uh, we had uh, uh, Rhonda, who is no longer with us, uh, our, our swimwear designer. And then we had DC, our pattern designer. Uh, and then we had uh, Carl who uh, was a fabricator that I had brought in to kind of replace Max and his insistencies. And at that point, my mother was starting to run the company. And she was, you know, boomers being boomers, she wasn't adapting to the modern landscape and she wasn't adapting to the technology, the website, the fashion, everything. And she was still in charge of customer service. And I don't know if you've ever seen somebody have an argument about pronouns with a boomer, but it's ribald. Mm, well, being a boomer, I can understand that, but that's also why I try to be a little bit better in that. You're Continue. not a boomer, John. 1963. 
oh, you're not a boomer. No, I'm no boomers. Boomers like 40s and 50s, 1963. No, you're you're just a you're you're a high ranking Gen Xer. Oh, okay. If you say so, <laughs> I just know that I'm turning 60 wearing in well. May. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So and wearing also, cat suits at 60. There you go. You can, you uh, two you can are, do it. You are one of my great core demographics, John. <laughs> and so, yeah, at that point, yeah. And uh, I actually had to turn in my roommate's money one week to help her cover payroll because mm. she was running the company at the ground. And so I had hired Carl recently and and all this time that I had hired and fired people, my mother had me, you know, buying out the town of skilled labor whenever they offended her. And at that to that point in seven years, we never ran a background check on anybody who we hired until I hired our first gay man. Wow. Yeah. And her reasoning was, well, the grandchildren are around, Michael. We still operate out of my house. We, I have to make sure this person is safer to be around them. Like, you used to hire ex-cons out of the prison sewing system. Yeah, you're, you're in, in Florida, Florida no too. State, but you're picking this one demographic <laughs> to run background checks on? Wow. So losing money to work there and having to put up with, with seven years of just unchangeable boomer rhetoric and, and all that. So I told the staff, like, guys, it's it's costing me money to work here. I got to go do something else. And they basically said, wait, we'll have to work directly for your mom then. Fuck that. We're going with you. So, yeah, me and the staff left my mother's company and uh, we started our, our own company. That was uh, five years ago, actually coming up soon. Uh, yeah, that's how I knew I had a good team, because when it was no longer working for one of us, it no longer worked for all of us. And so we all left together and we started this company. Uh, and we are just now, five years later, coming into the point where we are in profit and we're all stable. And I have my business partner, Randall, ready and willing to go and back us up. And if you got a, if you got a good team and you got a good idea, go do it. I mean, Christ, what are you going to lose? Your house? I know I did, but oh, well. <laughs> you have been able to outfit porn stars and kinky people what was a porn star that had approached you that you went oh wow we've made it this person knows who we are i stay fairly well in the trenches no pun intended uh with the like local uh, adult community um i have to say in terms of adult content makers that we've outfit They've mostly been within like the extended circle of people I know and the people that I know from uh, like Fetish Con and various mm -hmm. other places. Uh, I've haven't been pretty much in Starstruck or Starshot by uh, anyone. I mean, I know we made leggings for Kat Von D once, but it's not <laughs> Kat Von D's gone a little off the loop. We don't we don't really like well like put that one on our placard, you know. Uh, so yeah, no, I have to say that you know because. Uh, Ultimately, every content producer and content star that I know are some of the most down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth people mm -hmm. that you could ever meet. I've never really had a starstruck moment. I mean, somebody could have a few million followers. Somebody could have a couple AVNs under them, and I'm just like, cool, what's your end team? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, my question, my, my answer to that question is, uh, I, I, I know that I've made it with every customer. Wait, that sounds bad. <laughs> Let me put it this way. When you have taken a look at a piece of content and went, 
that's mine. Trans angels. Your, huh? Trans angels. Ah. Yeah. Once, uh, once we uh, uh, heard back from this uh, purchaser about which uh, brand uh, the the crotchless pink vinyl cat suit was going to, and it was going to Trans Angels, I'm like, okay, that's going to show our uh, design flexibility and diversity. So yeah, I went and looked up the content. I'm like, huh, zipper works. <laughs> you go. All right. That takes a lot of preparation. Okay. I know that it was watching Batman back in 1966 that got me into my love of cat suits. I mean, I think we could talk thousands of people. Thank you for doing the Batusi there. Newly Newmar and Eartha Kit. We've yes. actually made the Eartha Kit one out of our black metallic mystique spandex. It's a boat neck cat suit with an off shoulder option. Wow. <laughs> Hey, whoever decided to put Michelle Pfeiffer in that freaking uh, uh, latex, we don't work in latex, whoever decided to put her in that bought my first house. Okay? We used to be throwing those black vinyl cat suits out the door, mm -hmm. like six of them, every Halloween season. Halloween was our bag. I love Catwoman <laughs> for financial <laughs> reasons alone. But that got so many of us into cat suits. And for me, it was an imprint it got me into appreciating skin tight clothing you all have taken With an imprint or a silhouette noted <laughs> the idea of being able to create cat suits in a unique way because i've always gone for spandex ones obviously a lot of people love the latex ones but you've brought the look of latex with the comfort of spandex and brought it together. Where did that uh, idea come I'm from? I'm hardly a first in that one, but I'm, I'm definitely but a perfect adapter. But that is your specialty from what I, I've yeah. seen of your catalog. Our, our Actually, our byline used to be uh, Mr. Pierre fetish fashion, the latex alternative. Mm. Because like, I, 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 it's very specialized. People that are into latex are into latex and people that are into PVC are into PVC. And you need to recognize these specialties and recognize that they have an entire subculture around a particular textile, which, by the way, is so cool. We're, we're, we're fetishizing textiles. As somebody <laughs> who has been in the sewing industry for, for 13 years, I'm like, that's kind of awesome. And what we do is very adaptable. So... Like spandex vinyl, I believe it's when it was uh, first, you know, uh, machined up, it was kind of like a stretchy upholstery fabric. And then people started adapting it into other things for, you know, just that that general glossy look for mostly for costumes. And uh, when I was at my mother's company, we were, you know, like some of the people that first like really started to try to market into kink. And because everybody at that point was working with spandex vinyl was not really like throwing it on their sleeve because it wasn't latex. They didn't want to be like, well, it's not latex. Sorry about that. Like, no, own what you got. And so we were doing like a very vanilla clientele. We were offering like club clothes, club wear and uh, things like that. And then people found the website, found the textile, found the designs and then started saying, wait, can you add some extra zippers in there? 
And yeah, that's how we knew we had something kinky going on. And full body cat suits, trust me, as someone who's had to wear one on a convention trade floor for about eight or nine hours, it's, 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 it's quite the journey. And that journey is sometimes exactly what people are looking for. It is, it's encasement. It is, it is this, this feeling. It's, it's a full body hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's also, you can't, you can't tell me in this proliferated world of anxiety where people are buying weighted blankets and, and hug plushies that feeling like your entire body is being comforted and being given back to your ownership and your expression. That's what cat suits are about, if you ask me. Also, they got zippers for fucking. <laughs> this just did. I, I, I like to do my. I like to do my shock pun sips. <laughs> the anxiety portion of that is how I have evolved in my love of cat suits. It was strictly a fetishistic thing in my teen years and maybe into my 20s because I was extremely sexually charged. But the interesting part about it is I needed the cat suit or I needed the spandex to help me with that because it was totally, as I said, imprinted or silhouetted into my psyche. Now... I wear them very much for that anxiety reason. The the tighter they are, the better they are. And for me, I have described it on this podcast to many people who love their cat suits as the ultimate mindfulness exercise. Very much so. Any one time you can realize that the back of my shoulder is being held by a piece of very soft fabric and oh it feels that same way under my knee and oh the back of my butt cheek is feeling really good oh there's my tummy and, and suddenly also i gotta say oh, not to interrupt where whenever like one part of your body makes a movement like a handshake and mm-hmm. you feel it adjusting and stroking other parts of your body that's uh, like most, a lot of people that enjoy full body cat suits are at their core not just into like being encased or anything. They're also sensualists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of your relation to them, now tell me, how does your mother feel about your love of the cat suits? My mom. How does that make you feel? My mom figured out what was going on, I think, and never made me feel bad about it, which is nice. Sadly, the woman that I married for 20 years made me feel bad about it every single day. Uh, so now that I am uh, living my <laughs> my single life and enjoying it, I am literally loving every expression that I have, whether it is a cat suit that looks like it's an oil slick that I wore at Kinky College last year to the idea of being able to host the red carpet uh, live stream at FetishCon wearing couture which i'm looking forward to saying who are you wearing tonight and have them tell me and if they go who are you wearing and i would say mr pierre (laughs) we've got you yes you do (laughs) it's like carnival barker back in the days custom kinky couture (laughs) and i love the fact that you have a flogger made of measuring tape (laughs) 
actually, yeah. No, uh, you want to talk about actually one of the one of the first like implements I've designed. I designed this, and it was actually built by my booth mate at FetishCon April. Uh, <laughs> we we had developed a bit of a rapport, and I think that was like my second time vending next to her. And uh, and yeah, and so we just started talking over that like eleven thirty a.m. opening shift of the trade floor. And I, I had been thinking about this for a long time and they put me next to April and I was like, yeah, I've always wanted something made out of measuring tapes, but nobody I know has that kind of skill. <laughs> yeah. And April just looked at me and said, how many you got? <laughs> and she went up to her hotel room and 30 minutes later, she came down with this little cool quinky thing wow. and she put tails on it too and these are plastic this thing oh, stings i bet oh I yeah bet. <laughs> i remember uh actually the when, when she first brought it down within 20 minutes uh miss whitney morgan i don't know if you know whitney She's i like, know whitney talking. you know whitney she, she calls yeah, me whitney. doll i love miss whitney <laughs> <laughs> we love whitney we did her avian's uh outfit oh god yeah and so whitney came by it's like did you see this this is so cool i was like still kid with a new toy and I was like, yeah, I, I, I haven't like used it on anybody yet. And Whitney was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Whitney. And I was like, let me try. Let me try. And she's like, ha, whoo, yeah, watch out for that thing. <laughs> <laughs> the so measure yeah, it, it, of it, a it, sub. It was like kind of a carnival barker thing, like kind of a signature thing for a little while. And then so people kept asking about it on TikTok. So I was just like, you want, you want this? Oh, okay. Called up April. April said, "Yeah, I, I, I can make those. I want to like make them and ship them out for you. Just send me some measuring tapes." Like, oh, okay. So I made a video one night introducing it, and then next thing you know, we had all kinds of different colors. Oh, wow! Yeah, available in six different colors, including rainbow. <laughs> in our cut, twist, and more section at mrpierre.com. Link in bio. Link God, in bio. the things I have to say all day. Well, the good thing is the link will be in the bio or in the description and it's also on the screen so it makes it easy if people don't get it by the end of this program they never quite will yeah <laughs> oh, yeah and that's that's just uh it's that's another thing that uh the whole social media drive has done with us is that um yeah we still we make we make all of our like custom stuff in-house but yeah, these days I mostly make a living off of our production partners like uh, April and Luke from House of Wolfram, who makes the Secret Risk Cup, perfect for a daytime or playtime link in bio. Uh, God, stop it. God. Uh, and uh, I'll wake up sometimes. Click in bio. Look at that. And, uh, and so what we've done is I have been in the like custom, kinky, crafty world for 13 years now. And I have been managing creative people for 13 years, 12 or 13, let's go ahead and be honest here. And I've I've come to to learn how to make the best efficiency out of, you know, what I consider to be very wonderful, lovely people. All of them have ADHD and they're creative chaos goblins who uh, absolutely would ruin the world if they were in charge, but I love them for it. Um, <laughs> or, or they'll make the world better, who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like that it's that, that scene in quills where all the all the uh, inmates are translating the marquis de sade's uh, uh, erotica po- prose through all the holes in the wall like my marvelous prose filtered to the minds of the insane who knows they might improve it 
So yeah, but well, now I, whenever I see a cool thing, whenever somebody, uh, I go out to the conventions and the trade floors, and I go out to you know these markets and the leather crafters and the resin crafters. Whenever I see somebody that has something really cool but can't seem to talk about it, or it's such as the case of creative people, they're really shy. I'm not. <laughs> I am. I am. I've become less of a fashionista and now i'm more of the creative kinky crafty person's financial support extrovert <laughs> so does that fit on the business card i think we should do fold out business card <laughs> custom spandex clothing administrator and financial support extrovert for custom kinky crafting people dot com <laughs> you have your star trek beautiful suit right behind you oh do you mean the vinyl frontier collection <laughs> with custom trek style collar with customizable command hips made by our friends at ingrain intimate in colorado sold exclusively on mrpierre.com yeah no lincoln and that, that that's so much fun lincoln Bob. uh yeah that's so much fun i actually had a that was one of my one of my really hit it big TikToks. Um, I I was at home one night. I had been talking to this client who just wanted a custom Riker cat suit. Uh, Commander Riker, of course, being the fuckboard of the Alpha Quadrant. We all know it. We all know it. <laughs> and like I'm I'm a real I'm not like a huge Trekkie, but like I have I have killed TNG and Voyager and and all of them on repetitive you know, neurodivergent watching just in the background on my phone like 17,000 times. And so I was very excited to take up that commission and I knew my designer jam could pull this off. So I, I just went on and made it, made an ass of myself and talked about it like, yes, of course, this is my calling, yes. And then that one request got so much attention on TikTok that like, okay, wait, no, we're gonna make a whole collection out of this. So yeah, they're out of frame right now. We have the, both, uh, all three command colors. And I was talking to Jay from Ingrain Intimate about it, and and they had some great suggestions, like these collars finished with the Starfleet seal. I'm like, you brilliant motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. Also, motherfucker is a gender non-binary, gender neutral term. True, very <laughs> true. You have very some uh, you have some other character type cat suits in your collection you have all sorts of amazing things and it would take me an hour to go through all mm. the amazing well looky here there they are on display where did your inspiration for a lot of those come from or is it people bringing inspiration to you it's kind of a 70 30 mix uh, like for example, the Fallout cat suit. I love the game Fallout. Mm -hmm. I love it. I I, I think I think it, it may have cost me my second marriage. I don't know. I was I was you know quest diving on Fallout every morning. It was great. I love the franchise. I love the series. I have been wanting to do that for quite some time since I saw this cheap garbage version of it on some costume website with a vault dweller mm -hmm. cat suit, and. And everybody like there. It's when you're in survival mode, you don't have time to create. You've got to move from one paid project to another. That's it. You've got to pay the bills. There is no time to, you know, 
design a new collection, design a new product. You're just busy uh, one pair of panties a day paying the bills. And since like TikTok came in and all that, we have been financially stable. So we've had time to make cool new shit and create shit. And all those ideas that I had to put in the back of my head because we're busy in survival mode, it took one customer who were uh, previous Katsu customers. There are a couple who creates content. There are a couple content creators, kinky couple content creators. Sorry. From Cleveland using copper yes. school bell yes. clappers they're, they're, kept they're in the kinky, Larry Clifford's kinky clock. Katsu, cute couple content, kinky Katsu cute couple content creators. <laughs> it's a cacophony of cup. All I can uh, think of is Jack Webb and Johnny Carson. Google it. <laughs> I promise I won't. But still, yeah. And so they, they they came to us one day, and these are these are definitely our type of clients because they're they're online content creators as a couple. She's four foot seven. He is six foot ten. Of course. So yeah, they're they're not gonna find something uh, over uh, uh, on Amazon that's gonna fit them. So we have their custom patterns, and they actually said, "Well, have you ever heard of the game Fallout?" Mm. Hello, and so we designed the first two Fallout cat suits for them, and and that's when like like okay, wait a minute, we we have time for this now. We can we can actually play around. We can actually take our designs that you know have just been in the filing boxes for years and years and years and just actually do them because we have time and we're not doing pay to play. Like Vampirella. Which side am I on? Vampirella. Like I I I remember that one from the action figures from like, you know, uh, when I used to work at a video store and everybody loved Vampirella from being at a comic book store that I worked in. Yeah. So like that's kinky. That's mm -hmm. barely there. So of course we made that one. That one's selling well. And taking the Star Trek thing to the next level. And also people find us all the time as a kinky clothing company, but they take a look at our stuff and say like, wait, can you make costumes? Yes, that's 30% of our business. Of course we can make your costume. My primary model, uh, Joy of Pure Joy Cosplay, she's coming in tomorrow to model our uh, new uh, line of panties and some of our new restraints. It'll be a fun day. And uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, Joy found me on Etsy back when we were first getting our start independent of mother's company. Uh, she was looking for a, a, a custom costume from an anime that I don't remember or couldn't pronounce if I tried. And and so we started talking. She hit me up a message on Etsy. Like, oh, okay. Well, wait, you're, you're in Orlando. Why don't you come in for measurements? Yeah, we'll get it right the first time out. And so she came in and then actually like, wow, you're a perfect company standard medium. Hello. And <laughs> we were having trouble finding models at the time. So Joy has been our primary model for four years now. And yeah, and costumes are just another the, the Venn diagram of cosplay people and kinky people. Just a circle, just a circle. So yeah, the, these inspirations they can come from anywhere. But yeah, it's it's just beautiful how that seventy thirty mixes in. When I we come, my they're my best designers. Indeed. When we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, more with Michael Pierre, including I'm going to talk a little bit about a certain costume that I have in mind when we oh, no. return. We want to hear from you. Please leave stars or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate your feedback. All our shows are available for you in the archive. So let's get back to this one on what women and other wonderful humans want. Presented by Dating Kinky. 
here again is John. Thank you, Nookie. And the man with the tape measure and the tape measure flogger is Michael Pierre of MrPierre.com. Makers of wonderful cat suits, panties, costumes. What am I forgetting? Body suits. Uh, let's uh, the underwear and, and, and a lot. We do a lot of uh, uh, men's underwear, women's underwear, and everyone in between. What has been the most challenging thing somebody's ever asked you to design? The most challenging thing someone's ever asked us to design. Actually, um, I had to call in all cars for this one. There were these two great clients who are still my friends to this day. Uh, I don't know if anybody people will go off to Google this. Billy Porter wore this amazing outfit to uh, the Oscars about four years ago. And it was a tuxedo top with a massive crinoline hoop skirt. So I happened to have a lot of designers that were in town that I met through various friends. And one of them, her name was Lucy. And Lucy is in actually in Great Britain now. And Lucy is the epitome of what you'd imagine a, a garment fashion designer to be. She's so posh British and she's so wonderful. She's done work on Star Wars. She's done work for Shepherded Studios. She's done amazing things. Oh, they want, they want Krenz in their skirt, right? All right, we got the steals for that. Yeah, we can do that. So yeah, they wanted a recreation of Billy Porter's massive hoop skirt and custom tailored tuxedo tops. However, they wanted the tuxedo tops to be disco glitter silver. <laughs> and they wanted the hoop skirts to be a six foot radius around them, which means we had to go with steel frame. We had to go with muslin interwebbing and we had to cover the entire outside in a very specific bridal satin to match the headdresses they had custom made from a maker in Spain. Hunting down that bridal satin was not easy, but they looked absolutely fantastic at one of their company events. They came down these adjoining staircases and these massive six-foot radius steel crin skirts and these glittery tuxedo tops. And it was, it was, I, I stood there as as a, a free invite guest, just up in the second tier, just like mm -hmm. <laughs> They got it. And of course, like 20 minutes prior to that, I was in the back room of the chaos of helping them get into the goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's just, that was that was a very complicated project that took about one, two, three, four, like four of my design staff to actually, you know, go in there, trial and error, do everything, put everything together. And it was my job to be in between their chaos creative confusion cacophony and the customer which has been the description of my job for 12 years <laughs> and it just it pulled off beautifully but that was the most concentrated effort i have ever put into a pair of garments i was brought it was brought to my attention your tiktoks before your designs were ever brought up saying you love cat suits you'll love this guy on tiktok now i don't subscribe to tiktok however i will tell you that 
recently I downloaded TikTok and I follow one person. That would be you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I wanted to see the full things that I was seeing on Instagram. It's like, no, you can't stop it there. I need to know. I fixed that recently, actually. Turns out I was uploading these videos to Instagram. I had no idea they were cropping them down. So I need to go back and fix like a year's worth of freaking posts on Instagram. Uh. (laughs) Darn Mark Zuckerberg. I'm in fashion, not IT, Jim. Damn it. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I'm a doctor, not a... Well, I played a doctor on TV. (laughs) So we're we're doing a video podcast and you, (laughs) you like Star Trek. So I will give you one of my favorite jokes of all time. Give me. How to do an instant William Shatner impersonation flawlessly. Anyone can do it. Take your arms like this. You put the elbows together and you go, why? Why? There you go. (laughs) And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Touchdown. Takes me right again to find I'm not the man they think it I'm at all. No, no, no. I'm a rocket man. I still have that track on my Spotify. That's amazing. I am looking forward to working with you all. And we actually talked during the break that we will revisit with each other a little bit later in the season about making some outfits for fetish con because i'll be working down at fetish con doing some live streams and some podcasts oh and i had he said as if we haven't had 16 emails about it oh really <laughs> so one of the things that i haven't really described very well because i wanted to talk to you and i just want this to mull in your head as we move towards this next one plant your seed within me john I would like to, well, no, not that, but this is what I would like. I would like for you and your design folks to come up with what you believe would be a formal catsuit for a non-binary person a formal catsuit for a non-binary person to wear to an awards event that would make people go whoa now by saying it that way i am giving you a thought process rather than saying i want it this color i want that down the side i want this i want that i want that Right away, I'm thinking collar and or lapel. It could lead down to the zipper. That'd be really cool. I'm going to get my pencil. Hang on. (laughs) So formal. And I'm assuming, uh, I mean, also, it depends on the color blocking as well. If you want to go like classic formal, we can do black with white elements. That way you can get a lot of play out of it with other events. Or if you want to be out there and splash, we can do something like uh, uh, any, any of the mix, the Pantone, we have turquoise, we've got red, we've got a brilliant purple right now. But right now I want to see like formal collar or lapel. 
That's one jumping off point we could start to do. And then from there, I think it depends on if you want the the absolute form fit or if you want it to, uh, you know, have like sleeveless elements. I wouldn't recommend so because I don't think formal and sleeveless together at the same line. But uh, yeah, and then from there, hardware, all about the hardware. Do we the have more like... coverage the better for me because I like being totally covered in very tight spandex we want immersion mm -hmm. and we specialize in tight all of our spandex final cat suits and leggings all of our spandex final garments in general we have uh we operate on a principle of what's called negative ease and what that is is where we take your actual true body measurements and then based on the stretch of the fabric like the spandex cat suit you're wearing right now for example i uh bet you dollars to dimples that's done with 10 percent negative ease because Non-vinyl spandex is incredibly stretchy, and spandex vinyl is stretchy, not as much as non-vinyl. So that's probably done with 10% negative ease. Ours is 5%. And what that is, is we withdraw your measurements by 5% and let the stretch of the fabric stretch with you and make it form-fitting. It's not a trade secret. That's, that's, that's common sewing knowledge with spandex. So yeah, full immersion on that. We don't really do anything above the neck or the head because we want people to be able to breathe, and I don't have an attorney. And uh, so formal, yeah. But if you're, uh, I I'm sorry, I didn't ask your pronouns. I am he, him, they, them. He, him, they, them. Any because I identify, I identify as gender fluid, but to be able to describe it in, it would be a non-binary outfit. Yes, Not well, one made for a man, nor a woman, made in. Perfect neutrality, I guess you could say. I've got just the designer for you. My uh, director of design, Jam, uh, is the best designer I've ever worked with and also specializes not just in not gender-inclusive garments, but also in garments for people that are in the midst of gender transition. And they're going to have great weigh-in on what styles, colors, and color blocking that this ultimate formal catsuit would be. This is for the awards? This is for the fetish awards, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Also, uh, I think purple and white are devastating combinations if you want to stay on the purple train. I have a brilliant purple spandex vinyl right now. I'd love to see some white elements with that for formal. Oh, also, uh, tomorrow, uh, probably tomorrow, the next day, we're launching our vinyl bow ties. Oh, very cool. I look forward to seeing those. We're going to do a great consultation with you. And you're going to look devastating on the red carpet end of the war show. I think this will be absolutely wonderful. Please tell us all the ways we can follow the Panty Man. Ah, well, sorry, yeah. I couldn't resist. <laughs> Click us a like, you're the Panty Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the best ways to follow me are, on, of course, on TikTok. We are mr.pierrefashion on our main. And then we are all spelled out Mr. Pierre Fashion on our secondary TikTok account. Always good to have a backup. And we're the same, Mr. Pierre Fashion, on Instagram as well. And I hope we don't have to make Instagram our primary platform. Remember to write your congressperson not to ban TikTok. And also, MrPierre.com is where you find your oh, amazing yeah, we'll buy things from me. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah <laughs> MrPierre.com, all spelled out. And I love the fact that you not only have your suits, but you have some amazing leather goods as well with your partners. I mean, I saw a, a leather ball gag in there that looks very much 
like one that I had at Castle Diabolica in oh, Minneapolis, yeah. Minnesota. That's, that's, uh, oh my god. That's Luke from the House of Wolfram. We're we're like his like main distributor. Luke likes the the vendor life. Luke likes to travel around and set up tables. And his web presence, you know, we're, we we take up a big chunk of his web presence form. That ball gag is really nice. It's got that that metal bracer there, and then the onyx or the oxblood leather around the back. I actually, because of like the metal elements on that, I like to call it the Cinnabite. <laughs> Very Clive Barkerish. Yeah. Did you get my reference there about Cinnabites? Did you? I did. I did. It is a ball gag. <laughs> That's the thing about being a supplier of kinky clothing and part of the kinky lifestyle. If you're not laughing, you're not doing it right. God, everybody so morose and serious. Kink is so dark. Like now, now a real play space. Everybody's laughing their ass off. I have laughed more during this edition of the show than any other time <laughs> because I'm usually talking to pro doms or fetish models about their beginnings and the genesis and their mm -hmm. authentic selves. I think we've gotten a lot about what your authentic self is through all this, but we've also been able to have a lot of fun. And my gosh, if uh, there's only so much serious tone one can take in front of a Star Trek catsuit with a two slider crop zipper <laughs> <laughs> with, with a, with a crotch cover, just in case, just in case, because Ow. you know, yeah, you never want to get on that note. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us, Michael. Really oh, appreciate you, it and John. look forward to working with you. Absolutely. I look forward to our consultation and you're going to look devastating on the red carpet. Mm, chef's kiss. Fun show with Mr. Pierre. Looking forward to working with him. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Next week on the show, it is the incomparable Pro Dom from Tampa, who has an amazing, amazing fetish for latex. It is Mistress Rogue, next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Special thanks to Mr. Pierre. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.